This one for the culture, yes sir. Welcome to episode 42 of the Danso Pitch Podcast. I am your host, Charles Danso, joined by my co-host, Daniel. Daniel, how you feeling today? I'm feeling great, man. Summertime around the corner. It's Saturday. It's a beautiful day outside. Cloudy, but not too hot, and that's what I like. And we're here, excited about this new episode. Got a... Wonderful topic for you guys here. Um, take it away, Charles. You just tell them what we're talking about today. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, like you said, I want to welcome um, those listening from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as YouTube. Thanks for tuning in to the Dance O Pitch. Uh, subscribe. Uh, definitely give us a follow. So, again, we're going to get into today something that's kind of been booming um, as the the pandemic is, is slowly dying down, it seems, and states are starting to open up as well as countries, and that is buying homes, renting and owning. Uh, What we want to give you guys today is the difference between the two. Um, A lot of times people will tell you that owning is is better than renting. Some people will give you the reason why renting may be a little bit better than home owning. We're going to give you all that. We're going to give you uh, our our beliefs, um, why we think that maybe one may be better than the other, depending on where you are in your life, maybe your income, and so many more. So let's just get started. Um, I first want to uh, touch base on understanding what it means to basically rent, and then we'll get into um, owning. Uh, Dan- Daniel, if you want to give a quick definition of what renting is. Yeah, I mean, renting is you're paying a monthly payment to uh, live in either uh, a one-bedroom, two-bedroom, or part of an already existing property. Um, And usually with renting, you're only really responsible for paying your monthly payments. And um, you have uh, occasionally maybe a roommate or you're living in like a studio or a one bedroom. Um, so that's pretty much uh, what you're doing when you're renting. When you're owning, uh, and Charles, you, you can speak more to this, there's a lot more responsibility. Um, you're not just having a monthly payment, but you're also paying for, um, in some cases, the utilities, you're paying for the taxes on the house, you're paying for the insurance on the property, um, and you're also having miscellaneous expenses that may occur uh, depending on, you know, what happens with the property. If a boiler breaks down, you got to pay for it, you know. So certain unexpected expenses like that you're responsible for when you're owning a house. When you're renting, you you have a little less uh, of that burden and you're primarily just responsible for paying your uh, monthly rent. And um, if utilities are not included, paying for the utilities. Exactly. So, again, as Daniel just kind of emphasized for the audience listening, uh, there can be benefits uh, to renting. Uh, One is, again, uh, you're able to move without the penalty each time your lease ends, 
which basically means that, again, um, you're able to move from different places. You're not uh, basically stuck uh, in, in, in a, a, a contract or, or in a mortgage, so to speak. That's what I would definitely say. Um, when, you're, when you have a lease uh, dependent, usually the ideal uh, contract uh, that you want to sign for the lease is 12 months or one year. That's the ideal situation. Obviously, there's different scenarios that come up. Some are less. Some can be a little bit more depending on the months. A benefit if for renting is example, like if you have a job that requires you to move a lot, maybe renting could be a benefit because again, if you are looking to actually get a home, I would think you want to stay for a couple of years, right? Uh, at least have at least a, a long-term um, investment in that home that if you are to be a homeowner, when you're renting, is only a short-term uh, stay that you're at a place. So example, like I said, if you have a job that, you know, maybe you're looking to relocate, let's say you're in New York and your job requires you to go to Texas, Atlanta or something, renting could be a benefit. Also, um, for the millennials, renting also could be a benefit because um, maybe depending on your income, um, even though in, in the long term factor, homeowning is the better option because you're putting equity into, into a place of stay. Renting allows you to teach you how to basically live on your own. Um, especially if you're starting to develop your career, um, that could be a benefit if, again, you're just trying to be in a, in a place for just a temporary time until you start your family, uh, renting could be a benefit. Um, a disadvantage, though, to renting can be um, when your landlord suddenly decides to sell the property or turn your apartment complex into a condo. Mm. That's when you could be fucked for the audience listening. Um, another thing is when you're renewing your lease, uh, once, example, let's say you signed well, a 12-month lease or when you rent and you're renewing it, 99% of the time, your rent is, is expected to go up. And it really depends on how much your landlord is willing to raise that rent by. Um, ideally, that's usually maybe 50 to 100, but sometimes it could be more, especially let's say that you decide to stay for a year and you're saying like, oh, let me stay about six months as opposed to a year. You can be paying as much as two to $300 extra uh, to, to, to the rent that you already were paying. So that's important to know for the audience listening. So renting really depends on your, on your income. It depends on, again, your level of comfort, how long you're willing to stay. But again, renting is for the short term. Homeowning is for the long term. Um, another myth, and I'll bring Daniel into here, is uh, I'm sure your parents have told you, I'm uh, sure my parents have told me that when you're renting, that means you're throwing away money yep. every month. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not necessarily true because renting does provide you with a place to live. And that always costs money in one way or another, whether you own a home or whether you rent, you're going to have to pay money. While it's true, you're not building equity in a home, I mean, in a renting as opposed to a home. Um, with monthly rent payments, not all the cost of home ownership will go towards building equity. Let yeah. me, an example would be, as you kind of emphasized briefly, let's say you own a home and you're paying a monthly mortgage, which is fine mm -hmm. because that's a fixed income that you have to pay. But let's say your roof suddenly fucks up. Yep. You have to pay anywhere from 10 to even sometimes 20,000, depending on how large your house is in roofing. Mm-hmm. Ten thousand to twenty thousand dollars for the audience. Your thoughts on that? And and that's just like the tip of the iceberg when it comes to these unexpected expenses. Because when you think about what goes into a house, I mean, yes, you have roofing, you have plumbing, 
you have um, HVAC, you know, you have to have your heating system working during the winter time. You know, there's all of these little things that where, you know, you may not think about it until it's time to fix it. You know, it's, it's kind of the saying, you know, don't don't trouble something that doesn't need to be troubled, you know. And when owning a home, these are the things that you You're constantly have to think about. You have to have money set aside for these expenses. So when there's this apples to apples comparison of like, okay, if your rent is the same as your mortgage or as what a mortgage payment would be, then you might as well have a mortgage, buy a house, and, and, and pay those monthly payments towards a house and build equity. Where there is some truth to that, it's still not the same comparison because one thing to note is that in mortgage payments, usually it's not just you're paying the mortgage. There's interest payments that you're paying within a mortgage payment. And sometimes you're also paying the taxes that you have to pay on property tax in your mortgage payment, depending on how you work things out with the bank and the broker. So these are the things that you have to take into consideration when doing an apples to apples comparison, because with rent, you're just paying the rent. You're just paying the monthly payment that's set in your lease for you to live at your at, uh, at this apartment, at this condo, whatever the case is. But at a home, there's a little bit more involved, right? There's, yes, there's the mortgage, but then, and sometimes this isn't even considering house insurance, right? House insurance yearly, that can add up. Utilities, that can skyrocket because you imagine in the wintertime, your heat bill is going to be crazy. You know, your gas bill is going to be crazy because you don't, I mean, you need heat. And then in the summertime, depending on where you live, if you're in the South, um, even in New York, it gets pretty hot out here. We just had like 90 degree weather all last week. So you know that AC is going to be running. That electric bill is going to run up too. So just considering these things and these elements when doing an Apple Stables comparison. And then what Charles mentioned earlier is the flexibility. Because you're going to be, when you're renting, let's say you have to move somewhere. Um, even if it's a temporary situation. Uh, you're still going to be responsible if you're in a house. You're still going to be responsible for making payments to the house, right? Like you can't just get up and say, well, okay, I mean, I'm not living here right now. So, you know, but when you're renting, there's different options you have. You could sublease depending on what you work out with your landlord or if the lease is up or it's about to be up. You can work out things where you may break the lease and, you know, move somewhere else or just ride it out until the lease ends and then you move and you could work that situation out with your job. There's more flexibility. But with a house, it's really not that simple. And if you want to sell the house, that's a whole process because then you have to get a lot of third parties involved. You got to get a bank involved. You have to get a real estate agent involved. There's, there's a lot of different things that go into place just for you to sell the house because your life circumstances have changed. So when looking at this apples to apples comparison, it's not an apples to apples comparison at all. When you factor in the life circumstances that can change between renting and owning a house, because at the end of the day, it's a long-term investment and it's a long-term situation where you're kind of going to be limited in what you could do if you have a house. Now, and this we'll talk about later, if your plan when buying a house is to rent it out 
is to be a landlord, then that's a different scenario. But the same considerations apply, right? Because you're still kind of locked into this, whether it's a 15-year mortgage, 10-year mortgage, whatever you work out, um, or if you buy it all in cash, then okay, great for you. Um, but there's still the considerations of, you know, paying the property tax, paying the utilities and and also maintaining the house up to code. Because um, another consideration that um, is not very, you know, the, the, we don't get enough attention on is certain houses need to be inspected and brought up to code because of fire safety um, considerations and just general um you know, living conditions, you know, like the flooring, the walls, all of these things, plumbing, like these things, there's a certain code that they have to, they have to live up to, um, before you can even rent it out to someone. Um, so, and even before you can sell it. Uh, so these things are like, and trust me, this is a laundry list. Um, but to, to Charles's point, um, when there's this saying of, yeah, I mean, listen, you're you're paying fifteen hundred a month for uh, for an apartment. You might as well take out a mortgage, pay fifteen hundred on this mortgage, and build equity. It's not that simple, right? You know, yeah. it's it's and it's it's not a situation where, you know, it should be. Well, since I'm already paying rent, I might as well do this. It should be, okay, I'm ready to make this investment. I'm ready to make this equity investment because the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to put yourself in a situation where a house becomes more of a curse than a blessing because I'm I'm a sole believer that, you know, owning property, owning real estate, that is the time and tested method to generating wealth, right? Because everyone needs a place to live. So, you having a house brings you in a different bracket where you have different, you know, you can maneuver differently as opposed to just renting it out uh, or, um, you know, being a tenant. Uh, but, you know, at the same token, it could be a double-edged sword if you didn't go in it with the right intentions, you know, if you didn't go in it with a plan. Uh, so that's my take on um, what Charles had just mentioned with, you know, buying a house compared to renting. You know, there's there's... A lot of pros with it like there's there's plenty of pros and charles i'll bring you in on the pros of owning a house um but just shining a light on some of those cons that you know we talked about earlier yeah i'm gonna stay i'm gonna stay on what you're saying i purposely was quiet because i wanted you to give what you know the the benefits in in the list but for me what i'm gonna do is concentrate more for the audience because mm -hmm. like you said um, home ownership is an intangible benefit, uh, which basically means it gives you a sense of stability. Uh, you belong to a community, and obviously you have a pride of ownership. Yeah. So that's always a benefit, especially as you, you should want to own anything. Uh, you want to own your cars. You want to own your home, most importantly. That's the long-term goal. And it's true that, obviously, uh, when you pay a monthly mortgage, that's actually less than paying a monthly rent. That is a true factor. But what... Maybe your parents, what maybe an adult figure, somebody that owns a home doesn't necessarily always tell you what even your real estate agent, the property the listing agent doesn't always tell you, but you should obviously know. And that's what we're trying to provide for you is the laundry list of stuff that you have to spend when you own a home, which include property taxes, as Daniel mentioned, 
Uh, you have to pay for trash pickup. Uh, that's another thing that's quite important um, that I that I want to share. You have to pay for water and and and, and sewer service. Mm-hmm. Sewer service. Um, these are all out of pocket expensive co- coming out of your own pocket. That's not included uh, if you were to rent because renting all I can do is put a little maintenance request and I have somebody come fix maybe whatever you know uh, maybe my fridge doesn't work whatever the case is my my laundry uh, system doesn't work but when you own a home everything is coming out of your own, your own pocket with your own money and you have to call somebody to come in and, and, and you know do that service for you and that can go anywhere for hundreds to even thousands uh, you know like I said repairs and maintenance. If you own a pet, pest control, you have to pay out of your own pocket. What does that necessarily mean? That means that if you have a dog or, or cat that's that's in your house, um, when you have to take them to the vet, if they fuck up something in your house, <laughs> if uh, let's say they were even to pass, you need they have they have pet insurance. That a lot of people don't know that. That's all coming out of your pocket. Uh, tree trimming and lawn service, that's your own pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, homeowner's insurance, as Daniel mentioned. If you own a pool, you have to have a clean, you have to clean it every, every, uh, every couple months. Uh, usually every month is what they say. Sometimes even in the summertime, you want to do every couple weeks, depending on how many people are over there. So that's coming out of your pocket. Uh, uh, example, flood insurance, you have to pay for it. Some people, yeah. especially if you live in places like Florida, Louisiana in particular... No motherfuckers pay for insurance like crazy because they get that every every year around August, uh, between August to, to October, mm-hmm. they get hit with something. Houston is another one. Um, earthquake insurance usually California. Uh, those people towards the the West Coast usually um, are some places where you have to get that as well. But these are all factors that come into play. Another thing is, um, the biggest throwaway is is mortgage interest. When you own a home, mm-hmm. which can make up nearly all your monthly payments in, in the early years That'd be the of a long-term mortgage. So what does that usually mean um, for the audience listening? I want to give you an example. Let's say um, you borrow 100000 at a 4% for 30 years. Your first monthly payment will be $477.42, of which... 333 is your interest payment and 144 goes towards your principal. A lot of people don't know that when you're dealing with mortgage interest. A lot of times you have to pay the principal as well as the interest payment. That's important to know. So that means if you took out a 30-year mortgage, remember I said you borrow $100,000 at 4% for 30 years. It will be about 13 years before your monthly payment goes towards your principal uh, more than your interest. <laughs> so in total, you, you, you will spend about 71869 in interest, though admittedly you will recruit some of that in tax deduction if you can atomize, but that varies as well. And what does that mean? That means that some people take second mortgages, if you heard about that, against the already mortgage that they're paying. So instead of you having to pay the 77,000 in total, multiply that by 2. That means that you're going to be 90 before you can finish paying off your home a lot of times. A lot of people do that. A lot of people also when they take the 30 years, don't factor in the fact of the principal. That means that they put more towards the interest as opposed to the principal. That's a whole nother issue. And again, how can you learn about this? 
um, you can come to us. But I think another thing that you need to do is when you are going and researching your home, you want to look at the interest payments that you're you're willing to pay. So a lot of times when you're purchasing two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollar homes, you have to factor how much you're going to pay in a thirty year. Some people would do a fifteen year, uh, depending on on how much. A fifteen year, though in the short term you have to put in more money, you don't have to stress down the line as much as a thirty. So that's why I I recommend doing a fifteen year. But again, it depends on you. But one thing we will say, and what do we always say? Research, research, research. Research before you purchase. So, like I said, the option is really up to you. But um, what I want Daniel also to kind of give more insight is um, basically what maybe you can feel can be a better option for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's so many factors to consider um, when buying a house and neighborhood you know, that's you know neighborhood um you know and also uh understanding and just to go back to what you were talking about when it when it comes to the actual financing of the property because i think that's really important just to highlight that when planning to buy a house you know there's always going to be a down payment and there's always this number thrown out of 20% down payment um personally i think that's too low uh, depending on the house that you're buying, because I mean, you think about it. Charles gave an example of a hundred thousand. You're not finding a hundred thousand dollar house um, unless it's like you know in the middle of nowhere. You're usually gonna find a house unless it's a fixer upper kind of situation. Well, it also depends. There's factors that come into play because it depends which part of the uh, the country that you are. Yeah, like um, because some Jersey uh, where I live. Um, You'll be lucky to find anything less, like a quality home, less than maybe two fifty. And Jersey has one of the highest property taxes in the whole country. Mm-hmm. Next, Jersey, Connecticut is another expensive ass one. Um, so, I mean, does that mean you have to be in a certain tax bracket? Not necessarily, but what that basically means is if you're going to be living in areas like that, as opposed to maybe a, a Texas, maybe a Florida. Now, I'm not, I'm not advocating to say go live over there. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is also the region that you live in, that also depends on how high you're going to have to pay. Exactly. Location. The location, and like that, I said. And that's, and that's yeah. the, I'm glad you brought that in because that's really going to determine the pricing of your house. So everybody knows how expensive New York could be. A New York house is ridiculously expensive, right? You go into the South, you go somewhere in Florida, yes, it'll probably be cheaper. Um, but then you think about, okay, there's, the, there's this equation of the markets that when it comes to property, when it comes to real estate, that the activity surrounding the, the, the neighborhood. So let's say the neighborhood has a lot of, um, you know, access to um, shopping malls or access to, there's a lot of uh, construction going on, there's a lot of renovations going on. Um, There's this talk about gentrification in the neighborhoods that's happening. I've seen it in Brooklyn and you've seen the property uh, renovated to keep up with, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. They keep up with the neighborhood as it's growing, as it's changing. Those conditions are going to impact the pricing of the property. So when you're looking at property and you're looking at a place to stay, the neighborhood and the overall region, the county, is what 
you really have to take into consideration also because the pricing of the house is going to be dictated by what's happening in that market and the surrounding regions um, outside of that micro environment. Also, when it comes to these interest payments, right, because usually when you're taking out a loan for a house, there's an amortization schedule that you follow. And whether it's a 15-year, 30-year they have this recommended amount that you're paying. They put you in a fixed amount that you pay regularly, however it's done, you know, whether it's they take it out of your bank account, whatever, you set it up. Um, the key note with that is, and I know Charles mentioned, you know, a 15-year mortgage is, is like a better situation because you will pay less in interest and you'll tackle more of the principal. So overall, at the end of the day, you're going to be, paying less than you would if you had a 30-year mortgage. Um, but let's say you can't pay the $2,000 mortgage because there's more principal that you're tackling as opposed to you would pay $1,500 mortgage if you did a 30-year uh, mortgage. Um, that could run you into a pretty bad situation. So I think, you know, when it comes to home ownership and when it comes to buying, you know, property and, and considering the uh, interest rate, um, the interest payments and the principal, a 30-year mortgage gives you the, the, the cushion to say, okay, like this is the minimum I'm going to pay, but I'm going to choose to pay an extra thousand because I have it, you know? So I think in that er arena, yes, I think going into the mindset, going into the payments with the mindset of I'm going to pay this off in 15 years, but not necessarily locking yourself into a 15-year mortgage. You can make be flexible and have a 30-year mortgage. Now, obviously, you can refinance and do all that stuff later if things get a little crazy. But going into it, you know, if the if you're ready, right? Because, and and this is another thing. Now, I want to like circle into is the intention, because going into buying a property, there's really it comes down to two reasons why you would buy a property. Either one, you want to start a family and you want that property in order to build your family. Or two, you're buying it because it's an investment. Mm -hmm. Now, ultimately, it ends up being an investment in the long term for both situations. But for the latter, the primary reason is because you're trying to either sell it by, you know, you're trying to flip it mm -hmm. or you're trying to, use it as a rental space, use it as rental property, yep. renting it out to like tenants or, you know, setting it up as an Airbnb situation. So, you know, and the latter is where I want to focus on because, you know, I think, and Charles, you mentioned, you know, what is the better option, right? Like between renting and, and buying a house, what is the better option? Um, to be honest, the option is really dependent on your circumstances, right? Like, if you want to buy a house, if you want to own a house, if that's your, if that's where you're at in life, but you necessarily don't want to be, you know, you don't want to have the limitations of what a house brings to you where, you know, you, you can't, you know, you're kind of stuck in this fixed, you know, mortgage payment and, and such like that the best alternative that I could see is that you're buying the property, but then you rent out spaces of the property to tenants. Let's say you have um, a three bedroom situation, right? You could rent out two spaces, two bedrooms, right? Depending on how the house is shaped, 
you could take the basement or vice versa. You know, there's different ways you can angle it, but just be mindful if you do this, you do have to register your house as part of a rental space. You know, you have to make sure that it's registered. Um, but that's an option where even though you're, even though you own the house, you know, your name is on all the paperwork with the, the mortgage and everything like that, you're still getting those rental monthly income that that monthly payment and that's going towards your mortgage so you're taking care of the overall expenses that come with the house and that way should you decide to you know maybe move somewhere or you know maybe you you, you don't even want to live in the house anymore you can rent out that third space that you have and go actually rent somewhere else because now you have rental property that's rented out uh, I mean, you have mortgage, you have a, a property that's rented out for, let's say you've rented out all three um, units of the house and you're getting 15, you know, let's call it 15 a piece. So you're getting 4,500 a month, roughly, right? Um, that covers the mortgage payments, that covers the utilities, that covers, you know, any taxes or any other monthly um, unexpected expenses that come up. And then you're having the flexibility to do whatever you want if you wanted to, you know, just be a tenant somewhere else. So uh, as far as an alternative or as an option for someone who wants to buy a house. Now, if you don't want to buy a house, if you're not at that stage, that's OK. Nothing wrong with renting. You know, I like there's there's no um, one is better than the other because there's always an opportunity cost when it comes to buying a house versus not buying a house. Right. Because, like I mentioned, the down payments. 20%, 30%, whatever the case is, it's still a good chunk of change if you're looking at a $300,000 house, right? So you're you putting down that down payment of whatever it could be, $60,000, let's say, uh, as a down payment or $50,000. That money could easily be uh, put into the stock market. as that That's your opportunity cost. The rate of return that you would get from putting that $50,000 in the stock market um, is the opportunity cost for you putting that in as a down payment for a house. So those are the considerations um, when, you know, buying versus renting that come into play when you're making that move. So if you're renting, listen, there, there's still a lot. If, if owning property is ultimately the goal, then being a tenant is the perfect position where you could set yourself up to have the necessary capital to purchase a house because the ideal situation is that you purchase the property with enough cash that you don't necessarily have to be burdened with the interest payments that you'd have to pay on the house yeah um and you made a good point and that's something that you know i i like that you share with the audience is again thinking of it as an investment space uh owning uh owning a home uh and again we when we say home we just don't mean like a house uh you can also own a condo you can also own a town home uh so these are all different uh forms of ownership um a lot of people think that when they say owning um and maybe that may be because of our parents we see them owning a house for some of us or most of us um that means that owning just means owning a home no you can own a condo you can own a town home. You can own various factors like that where, again, you, it doesn't have to be as spacious because, again, some people don't like necessarily living in a big place like that if it's just them 
and maybe somebody else, maybe they want to wait to have kids. So again, it's important to note that, um, you know, that's something just to factor in. Um, just so people can understand that, you know, there's various ways to invest your money. So again, um, as you mentioned, Daniel, it's what is the best option? I think that's what really people want to understand is what is the best option for me? This, and as he said, I'm not going to retouch every single point Daniel made. I hope you were listening enough to get those points. But what he's basically saying is, is really about the comfort and where you are in your life. Yes, you should take advice of people that do own and seen the success and maybe the negatives in that. But end of the day, your mom and dad, your uh, guardian, your significant other don't doesn't count your pockets. So what does that mean? It means do you have enough for yourself to say that I'm ready to make that move to invest into a home for a long extended period of time. Because as we mentioned, it's not just buying a home and then that means I'm just paying the mortgage and that's it. You're gonna have to have thousands saved up or invested where you can cover expenses coming out of your own pocket. Because it's not just buying furniture into a home and you say that's it. You have to cover so many factors and everything is coming out of your own pocket. So again, what does that mean? As I touch base on it, it's just a day-to-day. If a roof collapses, if your garage door gets fucked up, if your dog, if your dog shits and claws at your lawn and you got to redo that, <laughs> if you got to repaint your house, everything is coming out of your own pocket. So it really, de- it really depends on you. And Daniel gave you guys a great tool is maybe some people may like to rent out their place. But let's be honest, and I'll be honest, not everybody has that thinking or has the patience to rent out for so somebody to come live in their space. Yep. Some people may not even want to think like that and say, hey, I just want this for myself. That's fine. He's just giving you another option to say, this is where I can make money if I want to go that route of actually buying instead of renting. But just something you have to factor in. Whether you rent, whether you buy, you're going to have to give up money. The question becomes is how much money are you giving up? So that's really up to you to do your research. Fuck the naysayers. Forget what people say. You, you should listen to the people's advice. But everybody that's listening is smart enough to understand. You take the advice that you believe is beneficial to you in the point of your life that you are right now. But ultimately, yes, you want to get to that point where you do own because... Like I said, I'm someone that I'm 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 an advocate for owning. I, yeah. I say it every episode. Own everything that you have. I don't own everything I have, but I'm I'm working my ass off to get to that point. Because when you own, nobody can tell you nothing. Mm-hmm. It's yours. You can do whatever. You want to take a piss on your car? Take a piss on your car. <laughs> you want to run naked in the house? That's your shit. Run in the house. Do whatever the hell you want. It's your place. But remember, if you're going to do it. Do it in a place where you're comfortable. Don't. So a lot of times we listen to the factors of people that have done it before us, but you have to understand, they did it when it was their time. It's our time now. So that means that we have to face these consequences. When we're purchasing, when we're renting, when we're buying, we, we're not going to run to mom and dad to say, mom, pay my, my rent every month, pay my mortgage every month. Mm-hmm. That's coming from you. They can tell you, yeah, go, go, go purchase a home, but I bet you, 
Call your mom up when you, when rent is due. You don't have enough money. When you gotta fix your roof, act and come back to us and tell us what you think they're gonna say to you. <laughs> a lot of y'all probably laughing just like Daniel is because y'all know the answer. A lot of times people tell you something, but when it's time for you to when when, it, when you ask them for help, oh now something's coming up. Now they gotta worry about their own shit. So a lot of times they're not gonna help you out the way you think they will. So everything you gotta think of for yourself and eventually your family. So what is the best situation for you? So again, we've given you guys the blueprint. We've given you guys enough examples to show which is the better option. And just to retouch base, Daniel, you can come in. Like I said, with renting, yes, you're paying a lot up front, but you don't deal with the out-of-pocket costs as much as you would when you own. But when you own, yes, you're dealing with the out-of-pocket, and yes, you may have to put in more in the, in the early piece but once everything is paid and you have enough money invested and, and to cover the out-of-pocket costs such as maintenance, just as repairs, such as uh, buying new stuff, renovations, it's a beautiful feeling, I'm sure. So again, because it's yours, so you can do whatever you want with it. If you want to sell it, oh, another thing I want to mention as well that I missed on is if you are looking to sell your home, make sure you're selling it when the market is being nice to you. So mm -hmm. what does that mean? If you bought if you bought a home 15 years ago for 200,000 and you're selling your home for 200,000 15 years later or 30 years later, yep. you lost money, buddy. <laughs> that's, you that's should at money. least be making at least 300,000 more. If you sold if you bought your home for 200,000, you should be selling it for at least 500 to 600,000. Now there's different factors that come into play. Maybe when you bought it, the neighborhood was, was nice, and now the neighborhood isn't as nice. There's other factors. Maybe when you bought it, uh, maybe, they didn't, they, maybe uh, Amazon didn't have their factory over there. Now Amazon has their factory over there. So what does that mean? The property is fucking skyrocketing because you have a, res you have a commercial property over there as well. Maybe the school system, uh, maybe that, that was great. Now y'all got drug deals all over the school system. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> it happens. It happens. This, this, if you guys ever watched The Wire, you ever watch all that, they cover shit like this. It happens. Where back in the day, maybe the neighborhood was good. Now you have drug deals over there, so people don't want to come over there and purchase homes and stuff over there because they know the neighborhood's not good. So these are all factors you have to factor in. Now, obviously, we're not God. We don't know the future. Mm -hmm. But what does that mean? The mean what we're saying to, to, to you is, if you're going to also purchase a home, understand your environment. Understand what's going on over there. Make sure you look in the whole, the whole neighborhood. And you look in the whole, um, what is it, the, the, the county that you're from, wherever mm -hmm. you're, 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 you're living in. If you're living in uh, Brooklyn, if you're on Flatbush, you walk around all Flatbush, and you see what's going on. If they're building Starbucks, if you see um, new restaurants coming up, this and that, that probably means your rent is going to be high as fuck or your, your mortgage payment is going to be high as hell yep. because you have commercial properties over there. If you see, if you see um, again, the school is, is great, one of the better schools that you're in, that also means that if you're buying a home over there, that's probably a good investment because what that means is education system is great, so that probably means your, 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 your township is getting a lot of money from a state legislation as well as uh, even from a government uh, aspect of it. Because, again, a, a, lot of, a lot of better places like California, 
um, you know, a lot of those more populated areas generate more revenue and they're more expensive to live in. That's not a coincidence. It's because it's the standard of living. That's why. That doesn't mean that every place in California is, is the best place. Mm -hmm. But what, that, what is in California, Daniel? Silicon Valley. Hollywood. Yeah. All these things are there. New York, Wall Street. Come on, this isn't a coincidence. Why do you think Florida wants to invest in Bitcoin? Why do you think technology companies are moving to Houston? You guys thought that was by accident? No. Why do you think Cleveland suffered when LeBron James left? Why do you think Vegas wasn't doing as hot when uh, Mayweather wasn't fighting as much? These are all factors, guys. It's, it may sound like I, I, I'm talking out my ass, but trust me. All these factors come into play depending where you live. Even the celebrities that live in the state also play a factor. And the businesses that are happening in your state also play a factor. So these are all things to be, be cognizant of. If you're renting, I would think you're renting to save for the future. Because renting is temporary. But I like renting because I rented. And the benefit of that is it teaches you how to live on your own. It teaches you how to manage your bills. You're going to have some months where you're going to have to struggle because you're going to may have to pay a little bit more because it, it, and that's not necessarily in your rent. That may be in your other bills, whether you have student loans, maybe oh, even man. credit cards. <laughs> these are all things that you have to factor in. So these are all things. But with renting is, like I said, you're paying a fixed income for the short term where you just have to pay your, your, your maybe you pay your, your little valet, your, your little parking, you got your, uh, your, your utilities, and you got mm -hmm. your rent all mixed into one. So that's something you may want to look at for the temporary thing, but eventually you want to get to a place where you're paying to own. And that's what we're trying to give you the game. Buying versus renting. Your last thoughts, Daniel. Yeah, that's... And I hope y'all really took some notes on what Charles was saying, because that was... All of those considerations are just when buying a home. And it's a lot to consider. You know, emerging neighborhoods, what your what state legislation is doing in terms of their budgets for the neighborhoods, what is being invested into the neighborhoods, because those are all going to play a, a factor in the property um, appreciation uh, for the house that you buy or the condo that you buy, whatever the case is. So mm -hmm. from looking at it from an investment perspective, yeah, that's a very core thing to look at. What is the future of the neighborhood? Because that's going to dictate what your property value is going to be. So that's very important. But outside of that, understanding money management is critical. And, I, and, and, and I'm glad we're closing with this because this is really the, where the rubber meets the road. If you don't have the money, if your personal finance skills, your money management is not where it needs to be, mm -hmm. then quite frankly, you have no business taking out a mortgage. Yep. Because the other factors of, of your expenses, whether it's credit cards, if you're still paying off student loans, student loans, mm -hmm. if you have a car, you're paying car payments or car insurance, mm -hmm. th there are all of these other expenses that you're already worrying about. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a handle on that, where, you know, whether you're making enough money to cover those expenses and you don't worry about it, or you have a system in place where you can pay these bills no problem every month on a consistent basis, you're quite frankly, and 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 the the your bank account, quite frankly, 
it's gonna be on on a on a it's gonna be strained if you add the expenses of a house into it. Yeah, it's gonna be strained, and and that's where a house becomes a curse more than a blessing. Exactly. Right. So so that's really what like a key takeaway with that. If you're ready to buy a house, don't live bill to bill. Don't live bill to bill. That's what our parents do. I'm telling you guys, don't live below your means. You you. Take their advice because yes, they've been here before us, and I'm gonna. I'm sorry to cut you. No, go ahead. But go it's ahead. important to know. A lot of times, people tell you things that they feel is best without dealing with their own shit. Let me say that again. A lot of people will tell you how to live your life without dealing with their own shit. It doesn't matter whether it's mom or dad. It doesn't matter if it's um, whoever, boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, whoever. I've I've done that, and I, I can admit that to say that. But mm-hmm. my point to say is I've also learned that take care of your own shit before you go and do something else. As Daniel mentioned, that goes without saying. So what am I saying? Maybe people that may not understand that. If you're going to own, make sure you've taken care of the latter stuff. What that means is your credit card debt, most of your student loan, and you have comfortable enough money where if a roof fucks up, if you have to renovate a house, you don't have to cry. You don't have to take out more debt against yourself. And you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. You should never live paycheck to paycheck while being in the home. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, you're not going to be in the home. Because a lot of times you're going to be working <laughs> to come take care of the bills that you need to take care of. Yep. So that's important to know. Yep. So and, make, and I've seen it. Trust yeah. me, I, I've seen the struggle of of having whether your parents, whoever, and, like, and you cut, you get to a point where you have to refinance and you have to do all this stuff. Like I've seen it, and that and, means longer payments. And you don't want to deal with that. Yeah. You know, you want to go into a house with free. Yes, you feel great. And and yes, there are going to be some unexpected things like a boiler breaks down and you got to fix a roof. That's natural, but you're prepared for it. Yes. You know. It'll be like a little like sting, but it's not going to like drown you. But if you're coming in with all this extra baggage and all of these, you know, the money management is just not there, then it's it's only a matter of time before, you know, you'll sink, you know, and you don't want to get into that situation. Yes, you can overcome it. Like it's not an end all be all situation. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not here to be the harbor of bad news, but these are the things, because I've seen it, these are the things that will happen and you have to consider. So the best approach when you're talking about your finances, go in with as clean of a slate as possible. Your debt is very small. Maybe you have 2000 5000 left on a, on a student loan. You really shouldn't be in credit card debt at all, at if, all. You're going into, yeah. if you're going into a mortgage. And your car, if you have a car... You're only paying the insurance, car notes are paid off. Like, you want to minimize the already existing expenses before you take on this huge expense. And, you know, I'll close with that is, you know, renting versus buying. Listen, none, not one is better than the other because, as I said before, you could rent and still make different investments to get you to where you want to be. Um, But ultimately, if buying a house is your desire, then the longer game you play of, okay, maybe I'm not going to buy a house now for the short-term satisfaction. I'm going to have delayed gratification. I'm just going to rent. I'm going to do my investments. I'm going to build up my capital. I'm going to lower my expenses. And then when I see myself in a position where I'm ready to take on that responsibility, 
I am going to attack. Yeah. And then the markets will be favorable. That's also a thing. Mm -hmm. Got to look at the markets and mm -hmm. see we know what housing prices are looking like, what the interest rates are looking like. Yeah. Um, get the best deal you can. Get your credit score to a good position. That's another thing that we didn't really cover. But, but, but yeah, I mean, quickly, quickly with that, and I want to stay on that real fast. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of what that's what your listing agent, real estate agent. That's what banks won't necessarily always say because end of the day, they're make they're making money for you getting this home. But what we're gonna tell you is these are factors that are very important. So why do you think Daniel said keep your credit card paid off, keep your student loans pretty much paid off? If you have a car note, that should be either paid off or pretty much at the point of getting paid off when you're about to own a home. Because these are all factors that come into play with your credit situation. Your credit score plays those factors. Student loans, on-time payments, how much debt do you have? People that say, oh, credit doesn't matter, whatever the case is, that's BS. Because if they're telling you that, it's other than the factor of saying that credit doesn't matter because you're taking care of your debt, or credit doesn't matter because they want you to take out more debt, that means they're making more money off of it. Yep. So it's going to be one of the two factors. So what does that mean in, in total? Take care of your debt. <laughs> that's what we're saying. Because that means you don't have to worry about credit. Your credit is taken care of. You don't have to worry about added expenses because think about it. You're paying your mortgage. You you're paying to renovate your house and you still have to pay with student loans and credit card. That's a stressful life. Yep. That may even stress into your own relationships if you're married or in a relationship with somebody. I'm stressed because, just hearing about it. Because end of the day is you're not going to have time for each other or yourself. Yep. You're always going to have to worry about what, us taking care of the home us having enough money to pay this or cover this expense. Just don't get to that point. And like I said, people will tell you what they think is best for you without worrying about themselves a lot of times because they don't ultimately have to take care of your own shit. That's why God gave each of us our minds so we can focus on what each person has to do separately. But in, in turn, like I said, Daniel, and I just want to wrap it up to say is make sure if you're going to a situation you understand that you've taken care of the previous one before stepping into a new one. Before taking a step forward, understand you're walking into something where you feel a peace of mind. You're not walking into the unknown. Let me yeah. flip it. Before you open the door, know where you're entering. Don't, make don't go in knowing, knowing the unknown, what to expect on the other side. Because again, if you're doing it because mom and dad told you, oh, owning is great. It is. After you've taken care of your debt, <laughs> yep. after you have the money saved up, and not, we're not talking about a little thousand to three thousand, we're talking 10, 20K deep yeah. in money saved invested. Some big numbers. Because again, that gives you a, a, a window, a, long, a longer window where you can just worry about what movie we're going to watch, yep. <laughs> which is significant other. Mm -hmm. Where are we taking the kids for vacation? You don't have to worry about what I got to pay Sally Mae. Yeah. What I got to pay Chase Bank, what I got to pay uh, my credit card, whatever the case is. Don't worry about none of that. Don't don't shackle yourself, you know, and, yeah. and just to close with this, um, there's a really great book. It's very popular. Um, if you haven't read it, I recommend reading it. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. He explains this in detail um, about, you know, the liabilities of credit cards, student loans and having that 
shackle you as you're trying to go and buy a property. So take a read at that book. That is pretty much going to go into detail of everything we've talked about plus some. And uh, to close this up, um, you know, as Charles said, the decision is ultimately up to you which option is better, rent versus buy. Um, we've laid out and given you the game on both options. Um, but, you know, ultimately your life and where you're at in terms of your personal finances, um, your, your uh, socioeconomic status, you know, whatever the case is, your age, like all of those are going to play a factor. Don't let society dictate when it's time to do this or when it's time to do that. You decide when it's time to do that. I know people who are like 40, 50 years old who are very comfortable with renting. They're happy as a, a, a dog when, when their owner comes in the door. Be just renting and, and moving investments and they're, they're perfectly fine. They don't want to deal with a house, but that's them, right? A lot you of know, rich and, people and, rent. And, and, a lot of rich people rent. A lot so, of rich people rent. You know, it depends. So, it's what works best for you. So it's it's all dependent on what you want in your situation. Um, but just know uh, if you're going to buy, do the due diligence and don't shackle yourself because owning is meant to be enjoyed and you're when, when acquiring wealth, um, it's supposed to be a good feeling. You're not going into a home to acquire debt. You're going into a home to acquire wealth. Right. Yep. Yeah, so again, thank you guys for tuning in. This episode will be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube at the Danso Pitch, Danso Pitch Podcast. Again, this is the episode uh, 42, Don't Shackle Yourself. Don't shackle yourself. That is our episode. Thank you for tuning in. You guys have a wonderful week. Happy Father's Day for those out there. And enjoy the summer. Tune in next time for the new episode.